Hey, what's going on? It's Quinn David Furness. Welcome to my show. Quinn David Furness presents the Beantown Podcast for the 250th time in show history. It's Friday, October 28th, 2022. What's going on? What's happening? And how are you? My name is Quinn, and this is our show. We are streaming uh, to you live from Chicago, Illinois. It's our Halloween spooktacular year five. It's very exciting. You guys are going to be spooked. There's going to be all sorts of haunts and tricks and ghouls and gargoyles and all that good stuff. So pour yourself some whiskey like myself and maybe the last of the pumpkin beer, the Howling Gourds from Trader Joe's. And I think you'll have a a spooky yet tasteful time. If you are watching us on the live stream on YouTube, hello. Good to see you. If you're just listening, you're going to want to check out the YouTube stream. Go to uh, YouTube.com, search for Beantown Podcast, and you'll find it pretty pretty easily, I think. Uh, we got Halloween costumes going on. We have our Beantown Podcast live on air, neon sign, courtesy of uh, the Ramos family. So we got it all all coming together here. I also wanted to show you, to keep the, the spook theme going, I painted a pumpkin, and it's Vikings theme. Uh, it says Skull, S-K-O-L. And on the back is a cool little football. So that's very exciting. We really got, we, we pulled out all the stops for this year's episode. Uh, and it's our 250th show. Which is just wild. Who who knew? Who would have thunk that this baby would just keep on going like a freight train straight out of hell? I want to mention before we go any further, because things could this freight train could get derailed pretty quickly here. Uh, listener discretion is advised when you're listening to the Bean Town podcast. Number one, we'll occasionally use some language. Number two, this podcast is objectively terrible. Uh, but I think you're going to have a good time. This is for, for kids of all ages, 18 and up, and it's it's going to be haunted and it's going to be spooky. So what do we got on the docket today? Well, I wrote a Halloween poem. That's going to you know take about 15 seconds to read, so I wanted to kind of make that the centerpiece. I'm definitely looking forward uh, to reading that, that poem for you in a little bit. I think we wrote one last year, too, and that, that got you know critical acclaim from Beantown Network. So looking forward to reading that to you. I'd also like to say, because they are about 12 hours closer to us, to Halloween, than we are here in the Midwest, hello to my friends in Pakistan, uh, Islamabad, uh, Khyber Pass, uh, the other one, uh, wherever you're tuning in from, Pakistan, you know, a country of, what, like 200 million people, 160 million people or something, that's a lot. Uh, and thank you for, for choosing the Beantown Podcast for all of your comedy needs. Don't forget, you can always find our latest episodes on BeantownPodcast.com. Uh, you can also go to SoundCloud. You can find us uh, wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Store, Stitcher, uh, CastBox, Spotify, uh, the newly acquired uh, Twitter from Elon Musk, because now now that you know free speech is back, First Amendment, baby, here comes the Beantown podcast. We're gonna be we're gonna be ripping and we're gonna be roaring. All those thoughts bunched up in my head that I haven't been able to share over the last five years, they're gonna come to the surface. So definitely looking forward to that. 
Well, you can follow us on Twitter. The show is at BeantownCast. I am personally at White Buns with a Z. And uh, you can uh, pretty much find us wherever you want. The Facebook and the Twitter are not as active. Turns out it... It takes a lot to actually manage that. And it's just a total pain in the ass to like have your personal stuff and your show stuff. So maybe I'm thinking, maybe I just legally change my name to Bean, first name Beantown, last name Podcast. That way, you know, you get, you, so you get Shark Tank, you got Mr. Wonderful. Well, I would just be Mr. Podcast. We've had, we've had worse ideas on this show. I think personally, Mr. Podcast, I kind of like that. Maybe we'll put that on the t-shirt. I mentioned merch last week. We got the t-shirt. I need to do another social push uh, to confirm that that's what we want to do. But hey, maybe if Mr. Podcast takes off, maybe I maybe maybe we could start a... Uh, a charitable organization or foundation or something. And Mr. You know, every year, you know, you have your Miss America, your Miss Universe. Well, we could introduce Mr. Podcast. You have the, the rules are you have to do 250 episodes first because we don't want any, you know, just newbies, noobs with no experience. We want, we want chiseled and grizzled veterans. Do you spell chiseled C-H- I-S-E-L-E-D, I think. Yeah, that sounds about right. You know, we were playing kickball in the cold last night, and it reminded me that the uh, World Cup is coming up soon here. I think it starts in like three weeks, right? Um, I think it's like right around Thanksgiving. It's going to be a holiday-themed World Cup in one of the, uh, one of the world's most oppressive uh, religious societies, Qatar, C-A-T-A-R. I hardly know her. And it's, uh, I'm trying to remember where I was trying to go with that. Oh, uh, we, I don't think we've ever done a World Cup Beantown podcast special. So the, the last World Cup obviously would have been 2018. And that was our 18, 19, 20, yeah, that was our first year of the show. We were quite literally, I mean, World Cup usually starts in June, right? And we started the show in January of 18. So we were pretty much like 25 episodes in, if that. Uh, when the first when when the World Cup rolled around last time, so we've done you know our Olympic uh, sport run through for both winter and summer. Now we've had cycles of each one of those, but we we haven't really dug into the World Cup. I, you know, last time it came around, we didn't we look we didn't know what we were doing on this show. It was a small following. It was underground, and now of course you know 112th comedy podcast in Pakistan that kind of tells you everything you need to know. So I think we're going to have to do something big. I think we're going to. We're going to play some football live on air, F-U-T-B-O-L, if you will. And it's going to be exciting. U.S. is back in it. Look out. They're hot. It's always, it always instills confidence when your soccer team is, like, losing 2-1 to one in, to Jamaica and friendlies, and you're kind of like, I feel like we should be really good because we're the United States. But also we're losing to, like, small Caribbean island nations with 75 people on them. So... But let, let's put that down. You know, I didn't prepare as much for the show as I should have. I wrote a poem. But put that down because we're, we're going to get there eventually in the category of, of uh, things that spook me. And I already devoted 17 things that spook me to uh, this year's Great White North Fantasy Football Halloween Spooktacular, which is, you know, my written column that 
excuse me, maybe we'll publish on beantownpodcast.com, uh, our next Beantown blog post, perhaps, because I'm pretty proud of it. Uh, so I got to kind of recharge, you know, think of things that spook me. And that'll be our call to action of the week. We'll get there and maybe we'll come back to it. But hey, what are some things that spook you? It could be, you know, a, a goblin. It could be a scary movie. It could be, uh, you know, eyeballs or witches or income tax. I don't know. Whatever it is that spooks you, email us, beantownpodcast at yahoo.com. Again, that's beantownpodcast at yahoo.com, and we would love to hear from you. I know income tax spooks me. Um, is, is taxes in general, I know this, we're, we're about six months, as far away from our annual taxes special as you could get, you probably thought, hey, taxes, April, this is October, you're not going to have to talk or worry about taxes. Oh. Oh, geez. We got a phone call from a special guest. I think you guys are going to like this. Well, we're live on air right now. We got to interrupt. We were just talking about taxes, but we have a, a phone call from a special guest just showing up in my, my phone is the mayor of Spooktown. Hello, who is this? Quinn. It is so good to hear from you, Quinn. What, is it? what are you? A, a, some sort of Dracula, some sort of vampire? What's going on? A little spooked over here. I am the mayor of Spooky Town, Quinn. Whoa, that's pretty spooky. What's going on? How are you? Everything is quite spooky and a little ghoulish, if I might add. <laughs> and how are you, Quinn? Well, I was, I was, I was not as spooked, and then I started talking about state income tax, and then I, you know, that kind of ramped up the spook meter, and now we're getting a call from the mayor of Spooktown. So I, I'm at like a nine point five out of ten right now. The spook, mayor of Spookyville, I am. I'm connected very well with the IRS. <laughs> oh man, you, you're really checking off all the all the spook boxes, aren't you? Death and taxes. Death and taxes. <laughs> That's what they say. Yeah. Well, you know, so Halloween's coming up uh, Monday, the thirty-first year. How are you know? How's the town looking? How are your your festivity preparations going? You know, I, I might say the town is about as it usually is. I don't know how much we must do for Halloween. What it is our one might call national holiday although spooky town is not really a country by any means but i'd say that we've amped up our spookiness over the prevailing two or three weeks well that's always good so so you kind of have a baseline of spook throughout the year but october hits and and that's when you got to kind of ramp things up is that right as soon as we see the leaves turn orange we know it's time to begin our festival preparations that, that it's that's a pretty good indicator. You got to make sure you have a bunch of those. Uh, what do they call them? Deciduous trees. You can't you can't have any of the conifers, or else they stay green, and your whole calendar will be mixed up. Those those trees are not acceptable in spooky time. Our our our, our experts make sure that the only trees we keep are the ones that have those nice colors on them. You know, we we care about Halloween ghoulishness and beauty. Ooh, I like that. In life, there's beauty. You, you, that, that could be your, your new 
ad campaign, you know, you put them up on like the, the CTA, you know, it's like pure Michigan, but yours is, uh, oh, I already forgot what it was. It was three things. It was, it was beauty, ghoulishness and something else. I don't know, but I think you, I think you got a gold mine there. If you're looking to buy property in Spooky Town, we always have new availabilities. If you're looking to lease or rent or even purchase, that sounds that sounds uh, with mortgage rates right now. That's enough to spook me. I don't know about you. Well, I'm the mayor, so yeah, that's, that might be by design. Could pull some strings, maybe or or maybe not. I don't know. Whatever the opposite of pulling strings is. Uh, Pushing strings, I guess. Puppeteer, but, of the, <laughs> but of the real estate industry. That is, <laughs> all jokes aside, that sounds very spooky. Like I got, I, I know you're, you know, we got three days until Halloween, and your time is very valuable. So I got got some questions for you, and uh, I'd, I'd like to get your insight on them. So you know, we we kind of we kind of cater to a younger fan base here, and one of their you know they're they're always talking about this film series, so I wanted to get your insights on this because it it seems pretty close to the the spirit of of Spooktown. Do you think the Twilight films more accurately portrayed vampires, werewolves, or going to high school in Washington State? Ah, ah, ah. A great question. Uh, I, have you been to Washington? Oh, bro, I've, I've been to all fifty states. Then you you live a more ghoulish experience than I, for I do not believe I could set foot in Washington. Many of our community members, truth be told, believe that the Twilight series has been an affront to how we represent ourselves in the, the monster community. And I use the term monsters quite loosely. We're not monsters. We're just a different type of living, unliving being. Mm-hmm. So you're... I, I know... If, a few of my community members, friends, might take you know serious offense to the whole idea of uh, being sparkly as a vampire, mm. and some of my werewolf friends and other sorts might be a little bit less uh, inclined to believe that they have the same uh, characteristics as Taylor Lautner. Hmm. Holly Hollywood uh, A-lister. Yeah. Shark Boy, right? But, yeah, Shark Boy, you know, not a bad film by any means. I think Shark Boy and Lava Girl gets a bad rep. And, mm. uh, you know, we, we screened it at least three or four times this month. So, <laughs> In a month. <laughs> That's crazy. And spooky. A real hit. Yeah. But I'd say that, I'd say that it's a little bit more of a, 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 you know, a fantasization of sorts. But, you know, we do appreciate a little bit of representation on the big screen. Mm. <laughs> Makes sense. You know, you mentioned sparkly and vampires or otherwise i'm wondering if it's ever you know saturday night maybe you got a a hot date coming up and you just you you kind of glitter yourself up just just because it feels good you ever do that well i'm no i'm no vampire in particular i'm a little bit of a an administrator so a different type of ghoulish person (laughs) but uh, i would say that in the wake of the Twilight series, that many of our that many of our vampiric sort of community members have been perhaps inclined to spritz up with a little bit of sparkle in the moonlight. Maybe not a full moon. Mm. It kind of comes off very well. Yeah, it's kind of you know it, solidarity. If we're all sparkly, then you know it's tougher to discriminate. Tinder in Spooky Town has been a li- has been very very big as of recently. <laughs> Why is that? Well, primarily because of this, you know, the well, Spooky Town's a bit late when it comes to our cultural references. So mm. we're getting 
for example, Shark Boy and Lava Girl now. Oh, I see. Twilight series, you know, we got that a bit late too. I blame the film industry, but everyone's been sparkling up and uh, everyone's been enjoying that for some reason. I will not purport to understand the mores of the younger generation of monsters and monster-like creatures, but at the same time, we bring in more people from different parts of the of the country. Mm. Mm. Hey, it's a yeah, tourist tourist trap in the best possible sense, I suppose. So the best and the worst. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, I, I want to. You know, the days are getting shorter. We got we got daylight savings time ending here in about. I think it's next weekend, actually. So I wanted to get your hot take on something. Do you prefer solstices or equinoxes? So I have a I have a, an answer that I think you know you get asked this at many a uh, cocktail party in the in the human world. Hmm. In the monster world, we think of it in terms of an etymological basis. The word solstice comes from the Latin roots, meaning sun still. And as you might know, many of our community members take take offense to the sun and all of its all of its effects. Mm. Uh, whereas the term equinox comes from the comes from the words equal and night. And as you know, many of us in the monster community really wish for equal representation and rights across the United States and otherwise. And Equal night seems to be a calling card for that exact message, and so I, I think I'd, I think that I'd be very uh, well supported in saying that we like equinox more than solstice. Okay, okay, I I got your logic there. Ed, we're we're big on etymological uh, reasoning here, which I've I've. That's the only mm-hmm. reasoning we have, Quinn. That's it. That's true. That's true. You ever you ever go to one of those equinoxes for a fitness class? We only have Equinox. I've never heard of an orange theory or anything close to the sun or orange. Yeah, there's no splat points for you guys. Just, uh, I don't know, whatever Equinox has. I'm not even sure. Uh, I got, I got it. <laughs> Go ahead. Our, our, our spooky town jurisprudence is all textualists. So oh. etymology is big when it comes to spooky town law. There's some, there's some big words being thrown out here. I hope our, we're jumping from twilight to etymology it's really a show for everyone ghouls and goblins alike uh and and speaking of ghouls and goblins i i'm gonna ask you to to rank these in order and that's whatever order you prefer so here's your objects you got five to remember ghouls goblins witches bitches and gargoyles take it away oh that's a that's a tough one quinn as the mayor of spooky town it's very challenging for me to actually pick favorites among our community members um I'd say that at the top of the list, however, because of their fantastic brew, the bitches mm. are at the top of my list. Yeah, A fantastic brew they make. I think second on that list, hmm, it's going to have to be witches for their, for their apothecarian sort of qualities. They mm. produced, little known to everyone else, but witches produced the COVID vaccine. Oh, okay. That's good. In their, cauldr- in their cauldrons, many witches were, were very... Uh, we're very opinionated about mm. what type of uh, what type of uh, ingredients we use. Our vegan witches are really against using any sort of uh, animal byproduct, so it was a bit of a challenge. But they came out with it on the other side. Okay. You're welcome, Pfizer. You're welcome, Moderna. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. After that, I'd probably have to say that uh, I think I think ghouls, as sure. ghouls, to my understanding, encompasses both ghouls, 
ghosts and other sort of apparitions. I think they they create they're the most transparent of all of our community members, <laughs> and they they really do help us in a lot of different ways. Not having any of the the physical bounds of you know being tangible, could float through stuff. Uh, and then I think goblins. Goblins are a bit underrepresented in general in the community in general. I, I mean, look at the lore for goblins. Goblins are always treated like you know second class citizens. Mm. You know mm. the, the the analog in the Lord of the Rings series, the orc. I think that's the exact same treatment as the goblin. And then that you know you know last on the list, but first in our hearts, I'd say is the gargoyles. The gargoyles, the, the watchers over staunch stone figures that watch over the entirety and so i cannot say they're very last but i in this list with their esteemed their esteemed competition they just have to go in this place okay i get it you kind of got your own little uh spooky cast system going on there i'm sure that's not going to cause any uh racial tensions down the line when i have my i have my uh my position for life the elect the vote was Four life positions, so sue me. <laughs> I suppose. I suppose if you're uh, neither dead nor alive, you don't have to worry about political assassinations too much. So I kind of get where you're coming from. Oh, it's easy. Yeah. No, yeah. What is anyone gonna do? Mm-hmm. They're gonna shoot me. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> I got. I got one more question for you, and then I got a, a special kind of uh, spooky round to close this out. So so one more question here. Uh, what's the deal with the Headless Horseman anyways? Is he, you know, does he need the pumpkin? Is that just for the side? What kind of horse is it? What's he really doing? You know, what? what's the deal? That guy. You know, the Headless Horseman, or as we know him in Spooky Town as Greg, uh, He's got a bit of a history just with wanting to, wanting to scare out non-monsters and non-ghoulish creatures. Uh, you know, I have a bit of a bone to pick with them. <laughs> and uh, it's, you know, we, we, we catch him in the act of trying to spook, you know, walkers on a trail or anything like that. People minding their business. We want people coming to Spooky Town. And, you know, he's a bit of a curmudgeon when it comes to unfamiliar faces in Spooky Town. You know, as the as the mayor, I'm trying to bring in as much business as possible, and more business than just bone specialist, bone procuring, uh, blood specialist, blood procuring, uh, just the flesh specialist and flesh procuring. You know, etc. Um, and really, his deal is just he's he's just a bit of an old crotchety ghoul who maybe old crotchety person thing. He actually has a head. He was. It was born in his chest. He opened up his shirt. It'd be a set of eyes. That is spooky. For fun, it's pretty spooky. But he definitely has a head. He's just kind of an ass. Okay, so kind of, kind of a, kind of a misnomer, if you will. Just a bit. Yeah. Headless, technically, but not literally. Sound, sound, sounds like he's got too much time on his hands. He's collect- he basically takes up most of Spooky Town's unemployment checks. <laughs> oh man, that's got to be uh, it's got to be draining the the taxpayers' money. That's not going to be good. Draining the dollars. Uh, un- the undead don't really do anything to produce business. That's true. They can't eat. They, why, why do zombies zombies generally want to eat living flesh? Skeletons can't eat. What do they eat? 
You see my problem. I saw. I was watching, uh, you know, Pirates of the Caribbean: Curse of the Black Pearl on the the elliptical the other day, and there's there's some, there were some spooky uh, men slash skeletons in there. I think I saw one of them eat an apple or something. So I I don't know. Maybe they can have fruit. I'm not sure. I need to consult with Johnny Depp on this one. Yep, 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 yep. You know, I actually noticed though, and we're going to go into our last round in our se- in a second here. Uh, early in the movie, there's a shot. Of, maybe they explain this. I don't know, but he's in like a prison cell. Uh, and this is going to be spoilers for anyone who hasn't seen the 2003 film Pirates of the Caribbean: Curse of the Black Pearl. But they shed some moonlight on uh, Captain Jack Sparrow, and he doesn't turn into a skeleton. So I don't, I don't know what was going on with that. Maybe I'd have to go back in and, and check it back out but seems like seems like Walt Disney missed up big time on that one it's the reason why that's the reason why they had to end it with five why not six seven that's true that's true Jerry Bruckheimer mm. all right I got one I got a I got a little uh, special treat for you it's a little light uh, a Halloween themed lightning round and uh, I'm just gonna give you two choices and you just pick whichever one is is more spooky. All right, you got any questions before we, we start? Nope. All right, here we go. Number one, I think that, let's see, there's going to be six total. All right, so choose the thing that spooks you more, a bowl of guts or a witch's cauldron? I got to say a bowl of guts. I don't know what's in a witch's cauldron. could be something good, like the Pfizer vaccine. That's true, or it could be uh, something like that soup I made last week, and uh, you're not going to want that. I... Quinn, if it's anything like your jambalaya, I'd pick the cauldron any day. That's... That's high praise. All right, number two, we got zombies or werewolves. What's what's spookier to you? I think contrary to popular belief, I'd have to say it's werewolves. I think zombies are more popular in, in film and TV, but zombies are, like, zombies are made up of degenerative muscle. Werewolves are basically man-canine beings. They run as fast as dogs. They, have, you know, they don't have the same sort of... Uh, analytical qualities of a human they can chase you i'm not afraid of a, of a zombie i've played plants versus zombies too and i'd say that's a pretty accurate representation i haven't played that but i've heard that so i'm gonna i'm gonna trust your opinion on that uh number three which is spookier a haunted graveyard or apartheid the gra- we, we live in a graveyard quinn the whole the whole earth is a graveyard this the rest of humanity hasn't figured it out yet mm, mm. Uh, so Okay, but kind of by default, I understand. Uh, number four, we uh, which, which is spookier, a, a spooky mummy or when they get your coffee order wrong? Did you say spooky money? <laughs> well, I said I said mummy with three M's, but money is okay too. Yep, makes sense. If I, I, if I have to run Spooky Town, I need my exact coffee order every time. I run a tight ship in Spooky Town as the only administrative pool. I need my coffee correct. You might be undead, but you still got to be up and alert. So I, I get that. That makes sense. Uh, all right, number five, uh, which is spookier, vampire bats or the AIDS epidemic? Well, that's a, that's a good question, Quinn, because, well... The AIDS, the AIDS epidemic was a blood, a blood problem, and the vampires are those that spread blood mm. and that suck blood. Would it be, would it be one to, would it be so much to say that 
that vampires might be the, one of the leading causes of the spread of AIDS. But wouldn't that also mean that AIDS is the real, the real enemy here? I don't. I didn't. I you know. I I didn't understand, but I would say yes. I gotta say, probably AIDS. All right. Yeah, I think that's. And monkeypox. Oh yeah. Okay. We got posters about monkeypox in our gym, so I've been I've been learning a lot the last couple of months. Uh, all right, last one: the 1986 Chernobyl nuclear reactor disaster or hangnails. Which is spookier? Gotta say, hangnails can come at whatever time, whenever, and when you're least expecting them. Probably at the least the least convenient time. Can you imagine being on a being on a, on a podcast calling a hangnail just happens to be, you notice a hangnail. It might ruin your entire your entire thing. Chernobyl, hap- how many times does Chernobyl happen is my big question. I think once. Here, here in Spooky Town, we're a little bit on the fence about nuclear. But mm. given that we're all undead, uh, we're probably leading towards it at this point. Sounds like a Model UN speech or something. Welcome to Spooky Town Model UN. <laughs> Brand new conference. I like it. I like it. Well, uh, Mayor of Spooky Town, I know you're you're a very busy guy, and you got symposias and conferences, and of course Halloween festivities to attend to. You have any parting thoughts for the audience here at our uh, 250th episode slash Halloween Spooktacular? Uh, uh, my only parting thought is visit Spooky Town. We most likely won't do anything bad to you. We've got decent food and a, an excess of pumpkins and apple patches. Remember, <laughs> foolishness and beauty. I like it. That sounds There's like a... One that I can't yeah, of. well, we can... Thankfully, we recorded this, so we can uh, check back the tape. But uh, I got to thank you so much for, for coming on, and I know I kind of put you under the 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 hot lamp there with some of those questions i was pressing you hard like pierce morgan but you you stood there with great aplomb and uh and and did great and represented your your city well so i gotta thank you for coming on uh that's the mayor of mayor of spooky town thanks again for being here best wishes and a very spooky halloween to you quinn all right mayor i'll check in on you uh next year hope you have a good one Please do. <laughs> All right. Bye. Wow. What a treat. The mayor of Spooky Town, everyone, making his debut appearance live on the Beantown podcast. Who would have thunk? What a what a treat for the listeners. Wow. All right. So when we left off, we were talking taxes. And uh, what I was getting spooked by was... Excuse me, got a big belch. What I was getting spooked by was the whole U.S. taxes system was is just extremely ghoulish and haunting and, and uh, bone-chilling, if you will, um, because it's like you spend all year paying taxes, and the government kind of says, you know, you owe, you, you know we're going to take out this much when you get your paycheck. And then at the end of the year, it's like, do your best to pay, pay your taxes right. And if you fuck up, then we are going to, you know, fine you or whatever. 
And that just seems really like, I think if you just work like a regular W-2 job, you're just like a you know regular full-time job kind of person, um, then I could, you know, I could see how it would be like simple and straightforward. I don't think it's that big of a, big of a deal, but for someone like myself, and it's, frankly, it's becoming very common in the United States, especially if you work on like education or literally anything that's not paying. If you live in a place like Chicago or any other big city, literally anything that's like not paying you more than like 50 grand a year, you can survive on that. But this is one of the things that spooks me. It's just so hard to build capital because rent and food and transportation and any sort of fun entertainment just costs so much. Um, so it's just like, you know, we're, we're working a lot of jobs over here and doing our best, but then you have to like do the extra, um, taxes and you just got to do your best guess. And that's spooky to me. I will, I will, I will say I've been doing the like, you know, extra withholding and stuff for a while, a couple of years now. And this past year, um, I, I got, I was, I still came in under, um, meaning I got a tax refund back, which is good or bad depending on your perspective. But, um, I've been, I've, I'm going to make a little bit less this year, I think, uh, and so I'm probably going to get an even bigger refund cause I haven't, um, you know, adjusted it. So yeah, that's, that's another thing that spooks me. All right. So let's hear from our sponsors real quick here. Sorry. I've been a little bit disjointed trying to take care of, uh, that's a tough thing about live air is you're trying to take care of multiple things that are going on. I, I'm not. I'm off the clock. I'm not working anymore. Um, I'm done for the day. Like my hours are officially done. Still getting hit with some work stuff, which normally I would just like, you know, if I'm just at home, whatever, I'll take care of it. But it's harder to take care of that stuff when you are talking to a mayor, excuse me, and you are, uh, Live on YouTube, live on the audio stream. So we're going to, let's let's lock it back in here, okay? Let's first check on my brother's bachelor party plans. Looks like no new updates since the last thing I put. Okay, let's go find our ad reads here. Let's do the full thing. It's our 350th episode, 250th episode. Getting ahead of myself here. My phone lately has been doing... Where you know it like auto adjusts the auto brightness, which normally I'm okay with, but lately it's been like going way down on brightness. I'm not in like low pad low battery mode or anything like that. I'll just be like in a normal room like this, the light's not changing, and I'll be reading my phone one second, and the next thing you know, it's like all the way down at low brightness. You got to manually adjust it. Put that under the category again of things that spook me, and I hope someone's keeping track and writing this down, because uh, I'm certainly not. Okay. Here we go. If you saw the shirt design, you know who we're about to hear from. It's our our trusted sponsors, partners, hashtag friends of the podcast here. 
uh, live on Beantown Networks. Are you tired of selling your house for less than a quarter of what it's worth, all because you couldn't find a reliable home inspector in time? Well, Oregon listeners, I got good news for you. Home Pride Inspection Services in Bend, Oregon is Central Oregon's hottest new home inspection provider with inspection services, including things like heating and cooling, roofing, plumbing, and so much more. Home Pride Oregon is both contractor certified and home inspection certified, so you know you're getting the good stuff. If you're tired of big real estate's angle hold on the home inspection market and you want a safe, certified home inspector that you can trust, call Steve at 541-410-0316 or visit HomePrideOregon.com. Again, that's 541-410-0316 or you can visit HomePrideOregon.com. HomePrideOregon inspection perfection. Shout out to our friends at uh, Canadian Whiskey Signature Reserve for making a fine bottle of whiskey. And, of course, our good friends at Trader Joe's for brewing the uh, Howling Gourds Pumpkin Ale. Uh, technically from, uh, it's not like, a, it's brewed by uh, Joseph's Brow Brewing Company in San Jose, California. And the second that the Saugatuck Brewing Peanut Butter Porter hits the market again, um. You know I'm gonna have that. We saved. I, so I I had bought the you know the six pack, six cans before we ever even went to Saugatuck. So I bought that in like October of last year, a year ago basically, and it was so delicious. So then we went to Saugatuck, kind of unrelated to that, but we went to Saugatuck Brewing, had the peanut butter porter. I saved one can of the peanut butter porter. I, I I had held onto it until like May or something like that, right before I moved out of Lincoln Park, and I finally drank it. And so it's been, what, six months or something since I've uh, gotten to taste it. It's lit- it's like nectar. It's so good. It's basically just like drinking peanut butter, and it also gives you a buzz uh, if, if you haven't eaten anything. So what could be better in life? Okay, we got our category, things that spook us. That's the opposite, things that don't spook us. Things that get me unspooked is drinking peanut butter. I want to give a shout out to the Samson Q2U series. It's got crisp, clean audio quality. It can handle a one-man show. It can handle a call from the mayor of Spooktown. Uh, one of these days, we're going to research technology so that people could literally just like call my phone and the audio would be fed directly into our software and I wouldn't have to hold up the speaker phone to our uh, our Samson Q2U series here. But until that day comes, Samson is going to be doing some double duty, some heavy lifting from Genesis to Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and seven times around the wall of Jericho. When God speaks, he uses a Samson. And finally, uh, oh, oh gosh, you guys are going to love this. Bob and Weave, we all know the hairstyle. We all love it. But how many Chicago-based independent, that's important, you know who's at a barber right now? Or I guess they don't call them barbers. Uh, my loving GF, Rachie, uh, went to the uh, hair hairdressers, I guess, to get a haircut. Hope it's going well. She said she's going to get a bob. What What's the first word in our ad copy? Bob. Uh, bob and Weave. It's kind of one word here. Yeah, it's got the hyphens. Uh, so we'll see what she comes back with. Unclear. Uh, about how many Chicago-based independent barbers can actually give it to you the way you deserve? Enter Cuts by Q. It's a little like Enter Sandman, just different. Uh, Cuts by Q has been independently owned and operated since 1995 and is probably one of the better barbershop operations serving Chicago, Cook County, Northwest Indiana, and the greater Chicagoland area. From beehives to banks, faux hawks to flat tops, and everything in between, you got to call Cuts by Q at 815-298-7200, or you can email cutsbyq at yahoo.com. Again, that's cut 
It's Q-U-T-Z by Q at yahoo.com, folks. Don't you forget it. Oh, when you need a fresh do, something snappy and new, just call the experts at Cuts by Q. Cuts by Q. Wow, we're 40 minutes in already. Time flies when you're getting spooked. Let's say we got 45% left on the uh, left on the old MacBook there. So let's uh, let's bring it back in. Let's let's center our energy here. Let's get back to things that spooked me. Here's one for the educators out there. Last night, and we thank our teachers. We love our teachers. Last night, this is kind of a this is kind of a good angle for me. If you're missing it on the YouTube stream, I kind of got the light of our neon sign behind us. Uh, the way my bicep is being held makes it look like it lifts weights more than once a year. And I kind of got this bolo tie with my uh, wife beater uh, uh, penny, which is very sexy. Along with my, and I guess I haven't even described my outfit. I'm like Pat Hughes here uh, on the Cubs broadcast, where wearing the white pinstripes and the blue trousers and the red caps is the Whoever, no one wears those colors. Um, I got my uh, my Turd Ferguson foam hat here. Uh, rest in peace to Norm. Rest in peace to Alex. Rest in peace to uh, Bert. I have my uh, reversible white and blue penny, which is white. Excuse me, is showing uh, today. Uh, you know, 250 episode purity, angelic. Uh, been called all of these things. Um, then I have my bolo tie going, which I've had for years. Um, and that's it. I'm not going full Halloween costume for this because frankly, it's going to be too sweaty. Uh, but if you don't, if you don't know, if you're like, Oh, is that a new Halloween costume? I've literally been wearing the same Halloween costume since I think my first year living in Baltimore, uh, 2017 was when I, um, kind of introduced the look, uh, a tribute to, uh, the character known as turd Ferguson, which is it like, it's like inception. It's like four levels deep. It's, the skit is a parody of Jeopardy, Celebrity Jeopardy to be more specific, and Burt Reynolds is one of the contestants played by Norm MacDonald, and and Burt Reynolds in the in the sketch has an alter ego, Turd Ferguson. So you're like three layers deep already, kind of like a three layer uh, bean dip, which I should make. Any any one of those bean dips, you just need like a ton of beans. It's like sour cream beans. Some ground beef or ground turkey if you're feeling adventurous and cheese. I always, uh, you know, in hindsight, the idea, the concept of a bean dip. We're not getting, we're not getting a lot of, you know, clear light uh, from our sign here. It's just being very like you're just seeing a big, like the burning bush. We said it there. That's a little bit better. Now we look kind of spooky. I guess that fits the theme. All right, we're we're gonna come back to all of this. I promise. I'm not forgetting about the educators. Um, but the I feel like you know you go to like a potluck, you have the bean dip. It's always way too much sour cream. And look, don't get me wrong. I love getting creamed, but I don't want like a full mouth of sour cream. I've never been bullish on sour cream to where I'm like, oh yeah, give me give me all the sour cream. I don't even know if I've ever bought sour cream at a store. Maybe like once or twice. Um, I like it, but in very small quantities. I just want a little bit of the like 
tang, T-A-N-G, that it brings. Shout out to uh, Neil Armstrong, tang. But I don't want a full mouthful of sour cream. Much in the same way I wouldn't want a full mouthful of like butter, right? It's like, yeah, this is good, but I just want it as an accent. And a lot of those bean dips, especially if it's seven levels or more, seven layers, too much sour cream. Give me, give me the cheese, give me the beef, give me a little bit of sour cream, a little bit of cheese, lettuce, I'll be happy. But I want, I want a hearty bite, you know? So my dentist said I had a hearty bite. Okay, something that spooks me, this one's for the educators, three minutes later, we're circling back. I had my last class of the year that I teach uh, this past Thursday night, last night, I guess, and... Uh, we got 15 students in the class, 15 first-year students. It's very much like a first-year freshman seminar. It's pretty straightforward. It's very much the type of class where it's like if you show up, if you participate, you can write about yourself, you do the discussion board posts, uh, you're going to get an A. It's a very like baseline college-level class. right? It's, it's designed to be your first thing you do. And last night was their final presentation, which is worth 30% of your grade. Um, so like literally if you don't do this, uh, and I guess I'll add more detail, 15% is the presentation, 15% is the project. So times two, 30%. So literally if you don't, let's just say you don't show up to the presentation, your max grade for the entire class, all this stuff we've been doing since August is 85%. And I know that's not like extreme or anything like that. There are classes where your whole grade is the final, um, but I had three out, three out of my fifteen not come to class, and one you know one of them was like someone who had been you know struggling with attendance a little bit, and so I, I wasn't like surprised by that. Another one had missed maybe one class, maybe two, um, but seemed to have you know I I was like you know this this kid knows what he's doing like he's a smart guy. The last one I had missed one class, but he had literally emailed me like the night before asking about assignments and like, I think I got this stuff in. Can you check for me? And he just didn't come. And it's like, no, you know, they didn't communicate like, oh, we weren't going to be there. There's a problem. So first things first, I hope everyone's doing okay. All my 18 year olds out there. But second, like you just totally effed up. I mean, if you were, if you were already a B average student, which I'm not, I can't comment on any of that because um, I've already identified way too much about like this class. But you're, you know, you're already going. You're automatically going from 85 down to a 70 as your max grade if you literally did everything, you didn't have any late work or anything. So just brutal. And I know that's uh, this story is not unique. That happens. Educators have been dealing with this stuff for years. But just. Uh, I get it, you know, if you want to be the person, this like a meme online, if you want to be the kid that doesn't come to class and then shows up for the final, cool, whatever. I don't teach any classes that really fall into that sort of uh, category. But this is like the inverse of that, where you show up to most of the classes, you don't show up for the final. It's like, you guys are, you guys are killing me. Um, so that's something else that spooks me. Big time, major spook vibes. Something else that spooks me? Uh, I'm not technically part of the team, although I did play last night um, because I because I teach on Thursday nights. Rachel's kickball team, their game started at nine fifty nine five zero last night. That is uh, frankly very spooky. You know, it's one of those things where it's when it's like July, it's kind of cool because you know the sun doesn't set till like 
eight forty five nine, and so you're just like just getting into the night. It feels like, but you get to this time of year. I mean, it's four fifty three Central Time right now. The sun's going down outside. We're gonna be dark in about twenty thirty minutes. Um, you got to deal with four four and a half hours of darkness before your game even starts. And it was windy and it was cold. Um, still, you, you know, you have a, a fun time, but it's just different. You know, the summer, nice weather out, like everything feels very like relaxed. You're just chilling. But last night, and we still have a couple more weeks, I think, um, it's like you're bundled up as much as you can trying to retain body heat. And uh, it's hard to like have fun and be competitive and all that stuff in the game. So definitely spooks me. I was thoroughly spooked. I don't want any more 9:50 start times. Um cuz once it once it go once it gets dark, I'm just like, no, oh, I'm good, man. It's really hard to get me out of the house. Pretty much from uh daylight savings time ending next weekend to like March, I'm pretty much like inside the house. Something else that spooks me. You guys knew this was going to come eventually in some form or fashion. We got an ad for it last night. Wrigleyville. Uh, Wrigley Field, Gallagher Way, which is kind of their faux green space outside of the field, west of the stadium, uh, between Clark and the stadium. They have hosted a mini Chris Kindle Mart uh, for about well, probably the last three years, four years, five years maybe. Um, and this Chris Kindle Mart has had, you know, the outdoor spaces where you can buy your trinkets, your tchotchkes, your, uh, you know, your cider, your pumpkin ale, whatever you want, your, you know, your hot chocolate. But um, there's also an ice skating rink. It's a very small ice skating rink, but it's a rink nonetheless. And we just got the ad last night saying, you know, Chris Kindlemar, they, they don't even call it, they're calling it Winterfest or something. It's all new this year and the big draw is like now you actually get to go inside Wrigley Field and that's where the ice skating is and the first thing I said to Rachel first thing that popped in my mind was like this is a money making thing for them it used to be like free and open to the public not to skate but you could just like go people watch at the outside of the rink and the first thing that came to my mind was like they're going to charge you uh, to uh, to go like inside the field where the ice rink is and that's exactly what happened um, so you got to pay $5 just to get into Wrigley Field. Obviously, it's an arm and a leg more than that if you want to skate. Uh, but, you know, there's other things happening inside the field. And there's, like, the only thing outside in the, the Gallagher Way space uh, that was the only and main thing before is just, like, some shops. And so it's just, like, I look, I get it. If I was a business owner, would I do the same thing? Probably. But as just a, a plebe here working three jobs trying to, like, have a kid and retire before I'm 75. It's just a uh, pain in the ass, especially because I live there. I mean, that's one thing I like to do in the winter because there's not a ton else going on in Chicago all the time. It's just like people watch any opportunity I get. Um, and so doing that at Chris Kennelmart is fun. So my, my, my rights are being taken away from me right and left. A fun little play on words. Guys, that's about all I have that spooks me. I did. I wanted to return uh, very quickly to this pumpkin I drew because I realized I didn't mention it at the outset of our show. You saw it on the YouTube stream. Again, it's a Vikings-themed pumpkin. It says skull, 
which is a uh, Danish slash Nordic kind of greeting, meaning cheers, essentially, and the Vikings use it uh, in a variety of ways. And it's got a little football on the back. I drew this myself with a marker. I'm very proud of myself. Uh, but I wanted to give a shout-out to my friend Calvin Fredrickson, who works for uh, Spriteful Brewing, and he was doing kind of a crossover event with uh, Village Tap in Roscoe Village, which is not far from where I live, uh, you know. 25, 30-minute walk, a little bit faster if you catch a bus or a train the right way. Uh, and uh, he was he was hosting a, a pumpkin decorating event on uh, Tuesday night, I think it was, or Wednesday night, I don't remember. Um, and, you know, I not, it was, you know, like 6 to 9 or something, and I got home from work and actually had, I had to work, I think it was Wednesday night, I had to work once I got home for a hot second on a Zoom call. Um and I, you know, I was really, I was actually like proud of myself because I'm not usually someone like, I, I'm very much once I get home and uh, I'm like on the couch, that's it for me, especially in the winter when the nights, you know, nights are longer, it's darker, colder. Once I'm on the couch, that's it. But I was like, no, I'm going to come home. I'm going to work some more and then I'm going to like go find a bus and go to this bar by myself and like meet this friend, um, I was proud of myself. The introvert in me said, uh, "Stay home." But the the festive man in me, the spook, the spook man in me, said, "Go out there, direct, decorate a pumpkin, have a beer, go try, go see a bar you've never seen before, go to Roscoe Village." I never go to Roscoe Village. Um, it's not super accessible by CTA. It's like go to Paulina Brown, which is just you know three quarters of a mile west of here and then walk another like half mile so it's not far from us but it's also not it's just like far enough where to where you're like i'm not just gonna like casually walk there uh, which you can but it takes a while and time is money here on the beantown podcast we're out of whiskey which means this show is about to wrap up uh, we're going to be right at about the hour mark with our outro music, and that's good. Uh, but you know, let's let's take the this time to uh, to to be serious about it for a second. Thank you, everyone who's listened. I just checked our uh, our like Apple Podcast metrics the other day, like yesterday, I think, and we're at about like forty eight thousand streams uh, across two hundred fifty episodes, which, frankly, is not you know. And this show is never intended to be um, like a huge deal, but it's it's meant a lot that uh, people have listened. I know there's there's still people out there who listen every week. I see the metrics; we're pulling in like forty to sixty listeners a week, sometimes more than that. Um, I don't know if they're all from Pakistan. I don't know where they come from, but uh, that's who you are. I'm speaking to you. Uh, Two hundred fifty episodes. We've done it, and. Uh, Here's to the next 250. By the time we hit uh, our 500th Beantown podcast, I'll be whatever, like 31, 32, something like that, uh, which is hard to believe, but uh, it'll be here before you know it. I also want to thank, of course, our dear friend, the mayor of Spooktown. Um, I'll I'll pull back the curtain. Uh, That was actually, no, I'm not going to because Halloween is all about spook and mystery and and uh, ghoulishness, and I don't want to ruin the the surprise. We've only done 250 episodes. If we're ever going to have the mayor of Spooktown back and we reveal his secret identity, then that bit would be over. Uh, there's going to be at least another, another like, 
knock on wood, 50 Halloween specials that we do. Another 50 Halloween specials, I'll be 77. You guys imagine old, uh, old geezer Quinn doing the Bean Town podcast when he's 77? Maybe I'll have a hover car. I don't know. We'll see what happens. But thank you to the mayor of Spooktown uh, for uh, calling in and uh, really appreciate his uh, insight on administrative politics and, you know, tourism and ad budgets. And <laughs> got very uh, kind of legislative for a, a time there. L E G I S L A T I V E. That's what I got for you. Everyone, decorate your pumpkins. Hope, you know, dress up as something cool, something spooky. I'll take a picture of uh, my costume this year tomorrow when we get to it. I actually have to work, but once I'm done with that, uh, done done with work at 4 in the afternoon, and then I'll uh, get dolled up and stuff, and we'll see what happens after that. But you don't have to imagine, hey, what is Quinn dressing up as this year? You can literally go find any of my socials and go to, like, every single October 28th through 31st in history and be like, oh, that's what he's dressing up as because I look exactly the same. It's no mystery. There's nothing spooky about it. It's just what I like to be. Um, That's what I have for you. YouTube, you guys have been a great audience. If you're just listening and if you wanted to see uh, our fun hat or uh, our pumpkin that we decorated, you could absolutely check that out or just our our nice old live on-air Bean Tom podcast, which I hold backwards in real life so that on the... uh, YouTube stream, it shows up uh, right side up. If anyone has any insights into why Jack Sparrow does not show up as a skeleton in the first act when he's under the moonlight of uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pole, Pole, Curse of the Black Pole, sounds like the uh, porn version, uh, go ahead and let us know. (laughs) That totally could be the porn version. On that note, I'm out. Everyone, it's Halloween weekend. I'm going to say this once, and I mean it. Stay safe. Stay sane. You've been a great audience. Here's to the next 250. I'll check in on you next time. Bye.